0: Hello everyone! Welcome to the episode four of our podcast series Venture Journey. I'm your host Abhinav, and this episode will go down in history because we have a first woman leader as our guest, Pamela Miranda. Pamela, thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you, and um, it's a pleasure to be here.
0: To introduce Pamela, she's a director at First West Capital and mother of two young kids. She is a Shirley graduate and a CPA. With an experience of over 15 years, she is known in the industry for her vibrant ideas and innovative ways to execute buyouts and help acquisitions. The topic of today's episode is management buyouts. So to start with, Pamela, could you educate our audience what exactly is a management buyout or famously known as MBO and how it is different from an LBO that is leverage buyout?
1: Those are very good questions and thanks for the intro. So a buyout in very general terms is when one group or person tries to buy out another group of person. So typically management buyouts or MBOs, as you mentioned, um, is when management of the company buys the majority ownership and controls the company after the transaction. And this is seen in several instances when there's a strong management team that can easily replace the talent lost by the departing shareholders, and when the current shareholder just doesn't want to sell to an external party. And that's because um, they could think that their employees will not be protected um, if a restructuring occurs, or if they think that, um, you know, they don't have children or anyone else that can succeed. And in many cases, if it is an owner-managed business, meaning that um, it's typically one to two people or a small group of shareholders, and they have grown the business and hired the majority of the staff, of which is seen as family, at the end of the day, they really want to protect those people. So you'd see it more in those kind of situations. And um, the difference between an MBO and an LBO, or a leveraged buyout, (coughs) is very simple. So a management buyout can be a form or fall under the umbrella of a leverage buyout, which in simple terms means using a higher percentage of debt to buy the business. So if you're trying to buy a business, how would you finance it? It could be 100% cash or it could be no cash, all debt. In most cases, it's never 100% cash because you'd rather not invest all your eggs in one basket to diversify your risk portfolio and generate higher returns and secondly it's rarely a hundred percent debt because you would have to find a very strong business that generates enough cash flow to support the debt while still grow it. So in a leveraged buyout situation that split tends to be less cash and more debt but there's no magic formula. It's more of an art and science combination and factors include the enterprise value of the business, the strength of the cash flows, the strength of management in the industry. So whether it's management buying the majority of the business, an MBO (coughs) or an external party buying the business, a general LBO, the common denominator here is debt which is dependent on the cash flows of the business. So typically in an MBO situation management doesn't have millions of dollars just sitting in their bank account ready to buy the business and lenders will look at the company's cash flows And that's typically defined as EBITDA, which is earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, amortization, and lend on a multiple of this. This is also called the leverage ratio or debt to EBITDA. Thank you.
0: That was really very helpful and detailed. So to follow up on your answers, why are MBOs so uncommon in today's world, whereas LBOs are rocketing the global market? As we all know that the private equity market has approximately $2.5 as dry powder.
1: Um, very good question. So there's many answers to that, and one is supply demand. So are there enough qualified management that are willing to run the business? Can they fill the gap? A lot of times, you don't find it very often where that is the case, and you normally need to bring external parties as resources. and secondly, the purchase price of a business tends to be lower in a management bio situation versus an external buyer where there is bidding. Wars or bidding contests, as um, there is somewhat of a conflict of interest when the shareholder may give management a perceived discount as they know the business well. Um, also, MBOs can fall under the LBO umbrella, um, and they would expect them to be a smaller percentage of the total MBO market. And because there are a lot of private companies, of which we do not have full transparency on their numbers, and the ability to capture which ones have undergone an MBO or general LBO, we have this um, n- a non-transparency issue where we just don't really know the numbers to support this, especially in the private space. And um, PE funds are notoriously known for using LBO structures to fa- fund their acquisitions because it allows them to generate higher returns to their investors by deploying less capital. And right now, there's a lot of dry powder, as you mentioned, and a lot of money-chasing deals. So this means that valuations of businesses are being pushed up as there's a limited supply of companies for sale, which is leading to more debt being used to purchase these businesses. And I would also mention that in today's current low-interest rate environment, it's much more affordable to use debt for a leveraged buyout structure and to finance these types of acquisitions.
0: So is there any thumb rule or playbook that specific kinds of companies should do and MBO?
1: Well, generally, the key, the key factors would be cash flows. You need strong cash flows. If you're going to take on more debt, you have to be able to pay it back. Um, management, you need to have a solid management in place that will able to run the business and replace the functions or roles that the departing shareholders had. For example, if the departing shareholder had all the key client relationships and these were not transitioned properly to management, then we would have a problem. So once the departing shareholder leaves, so would those relationships with key customers, which means that revenue could be jeopardized and so could the business. In addition, in private companies where shareholders don't have kids or their kids don't want to take over the parent's business, they want to pursue their own dreams, then a viable option would be to sell to management. And this is why succession planning is so important, whether you're thinking of selling your business or not, because it takes time to train and transition people in management and groom them to be your successor. So it's better to start by identifying potential successors or candidates now and have those high-level discussions because, as an owner, you may think that Joe or Tina would be great for their role, but in reality, maybe that's not even in their plans. So both parties need to see eye to eye. And I've also met um, a CEO of a company, and he mentioned that the one thing that no one cares about or that he perceives as no one caring about is the employees of the business after he'd be gone. So he was a third generation in the family business, started by his grandfather, and his goal was to take care of his family or his loyal employees because if he were to sell to an external party, it wasn't going to be the same and he wanted to make sure that his legacy and that his people were going to be protected. His kids also didn't have any interest in continuing on the family business, so a management buyout solution in this case was the way to go for him. So if taking care of your employees is truly important, then an MBO is a good option. You sell the company to them, assuming that the business can handle the additional debt and that you have the resources. And in terms of corporates or public companies, Um, You could have an MBO situation if um, they want to divest a non-core division or asset, then you could sell to the management that's running that division without having to go through a full sale process, which can be timely and costly.
0: So Pamela, following up on your response, you did mention that LBOs are done through a lot of debt. So my question is, can an MBO be done via LBO? like without, without any partner or investor, and has it ever happened?
1: Um, that's a great question. I'd say technically yes. However, each structure is very deal-specific, and it all depends on the business management, how much funds management has to invest, whether they would need a strategic partner to assist with growth or not. It's not just dollars, but also relationships, growing in new markets, expanding your network that can open doors to increase sales
0: why does an mbo fail
1: several reasons um one is poor execution so everything could look great in writing but when you actually come to executing um it just falls through whether it's in the systems in management transitioning um too much debt the structure being poor um Many many cash flow sweeps can choke the business depending on the structure of senior or junior capital and deployed. Um, as I said, management may not be trained or not ready for the roles of running a business. Uh, maybe they said they they could do it, but in reality they're just not up for it. So those those are the main reasons. It's really the skills gap or key relationships, maybe of customers being. Uh, with the departing shareholder and then you lose those relationships and revenues.
0: So, do you suggest that a PE should proceed with an LBO when management is trying and fighting for an MBO?
1: Well, PE's can do and usually do a combination. So, for example, a small portion of key management rolls over their shares or get new equity while the private equity firm retains the majority of control in order to achieve their strategic objectives which is usually growing the company for the next couple of years and then exiting at a higher multiple than what they bought to generate returns to their investor base. Management gets equity in order to be incentivized to grow their business as their objectives would then be aligned with the investor group.
0: And if any PE doesn't want to go ahead with an LBO because sometimes they fear that management would might not work as per their efficiencies and if they don't want to, can a PE replace the whole management and like try to optimize the cost and restructure the entire business?
1: It's very rare that a PE firm would come in and buy the company and then the next day fire all of management and replace it with their own. And the reason for this is that you don't want to disrupt the machine. If the machine is working, you want to make sure you fully understand it before you start tinkering with it. You need time to observe operations, speak to everyone on the team, get their input as to what works, what doesn't, and then, when you're comfortable, build out a strategic plan around this. Of course, PE firms usually have an investment thesis prior to making their investments, whether it's a platform for tucking acquisitions down the road, or it's a strategic investment, or perhaps they want the IP or the client list or client base of the business they're buying. Maybe it is to expand their geographic footprint in a particular area. Whatever their investment thesis is, um, it's always there. But the rule of thumb is that you typically buy, you buy the business, you try to integrate the ERP systems if it's a tuck-in and observe how the machine works before you do any sudden drastic changes or restructuring.
0: Thank you, Pamela. That was really insightful. So do you have any message for the management who are trying or even considering to buy out their own company?
1: Yes, um, if you are, that's great. Kudos to you. I would say consider assessing your skills and whether there's a talent gap and be honest with yourself. So if there is a gap, then bring in the right person for the job. For example, if one of the departing shareholders is a CFO, then you need to make sure that your finance team has someone that can step up to this role or hire externally someone that has the skills or experience to take the company to the next level and understands how important it is to have strong relationships with financing partners. In today's market, it's very prime for MBOs given the low interest rate environment. So the cost of capital is less and senior lenders are willing to stretch terms and you can get very favorable financing conditions. And if you have a strong management team that can put together a good advisory board but don't have the funds to buy a business, then talk to your financing partners or talk to a junior capital firm such as First West Capital. (laughs) We can explain what financing looks like, set up an overall structure that won't debilitate the company, and work with senior lenders and refer some that may work with your business to find the right solution for you and your team.
0: Thank you. So, extending the same question, what would be your message for retail investors? if there's a company trying to, like the management is trying for an MBO, what can be three top signals and what should an investor do if the company is listed?
1: If the company is listed, the top three signals, I'd say one, if the owner-manager is approaching retirement or looking to sell the company in the near future. Um, Two, business has strong cash flows and can handle the debt. Three, you have a strong management team that has the skills and talent to run the business. That's if it's an owner-managed business. If it's a public company, then I'd say consider an MBO if the stock is a penny stock, as this is more affordable, and it will alleviate many of the regulatory requirements needed to adhere to if you're public by taking it private, such as financial reporting and all that. And if there are non-core divisions or assets, then consider selling this to management And it would be a win-win for both parties, whereas the sale process can lead to higher purchase price, but it may be more time consuming.
0: Thank you so much, Pamela, for all the responses. I surely hope that the discussion for our audience was very insightful. And I would like to thank you again for your time and sharing your thoughts. It was a pleasure to have you today.
1: Thank you so much. And I hope this was insightful. And if you have any questions or you're considering an MBO or an LBO, feel free to reach out to me. You have my contact information. My email is pmirenda at firstwestcapital.ca. And I'd love to hear your story because together we can do great things.
0: Thank you. With that, I would like to conclude today's episode. Thank you for listening Venture Journey and stay tuned for further updates.